Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And today we form just ourselves because this is actually just a patron episode. Um, I guess I shouldn't say just a patron episode. I, I actually enjoy those conversations we're having over there, maybe more than the regular podcast. But this is a patron episode. Um, ha- the first half of it, you're all getting the whole thing the patrons are getting. We just wanted to give you a taste of the sorts of conversations we're having over on the We Scream Like Eagles podcast that is just for patrons. Um, And we're here to talk about this like, uh, it's like a freight train right now. The, The concept of replicas and simulators, especially with Um, Will Bosey and Aiden Roberts uh, and Stefano jumped in there to try the Burden of Dreams replica. Um, And I think there are several Burden of Dreams replicas floating around. Like Aiden has one at his house. Lattice has one at their headquarters. They seem to be popping up everywhere. Yeah. I think it's a super fun thing. Um, I think it has some really big uses and maybe some... Maybe it's a, also a really easy thing to take too far um, for some climbers, maybe most climbers. Um, but I think it's really fun. Have you been following it? Yeah, I I think it's cool. Um, you know, I for a long time had strong opinions about simulators and replicas. Like, I'm yeah. a huge fan of them, but I've always said I think people get too much into the details when trying to set simulators. Like Mm -hmm. they want the holds to be perfect and all this, but this has always been working under the assumption that you just have to go to a bucket of holds, choose something that looks (laughs) close enough. We didn't like the idea of being able to 3d print, like scanning holds and not just holds. Like the thing that is fascinating to me about the burden replica specifically is that they're giant patches of the wall. Like, it's not just like, oh, this is the exact little crimp. It's a full, you know, like one foot by two foot patch of wall. And they scanned them and they 3D printed them. Amazing. Like, that completely changes the game. And it has changed my opinion entirely um, on if, obviously, if you have the technology, it changes my opinion on going for precision over more vagueness and like general concepts. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's changed my opinion, but I do think it's added a new layer to it, maybe a higher level layer to it. Um, I sort of still feel like for the vast majority of climbers, even if you had the exact replica, um, it's not all that useful. And I'll, and I'll explain why later here. Okay. But uh, one of the things I love about this like 
burden of dreams replica that's popping up everywhere is that there, there could be this world in which, um, replicas and simulators are popping up in gyms all over the world. And you could have a, you know, uh, a burden of dreams replica in a gym in Chicago and in a gym in Florida and in a gym in Austria. And, you know, they could be anywhere. And I think that part is really fun. Like skate parks have done this, you know, if there's a, if there's a really famous like street, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Course. Um, area no like a like a famous curb or a famous handrail or a famous bank somewhere um skate parks in different cities will replicate this bank or this handrail um so that you can skate this famous handrail you've seen in tony hawk pro skater or whatever Mm -hmm. you know um and i think that's pretty cool yeah yeah i i do think that aspect is pretty awesome um you know and that's what's kind of it's something that's kind of fun about this idea of so many people chasing this right now. Like, cause there's also, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Russian vet, not Vadim. Who is it? Uh, Timonov. He okay. set a replica of burden of dreams on a moon board and him. And like, there's a video of him and a buddy going out, uh, and measuring the holds like in the middle of the summer um on burden of dreams and then going back and setting a replica on you know on a moon board aiden's got his will has his i'm sure there are more that we're just not hearing about too maybe not i think i saw another one i saw another one on the internet the other day i don't know whose it was but i'm pretty sure it was a burden of dreams replica um oh i think there is another one because there's a japanese climber who's been trying it for several seasons yep Maybe I had his name written down. Maybe Ryu. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it's easy to mix up the ultra strong Japanese climbers because there's about a hundred of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he might also have a trainer. I could be wrong, but I think it's cool. Think right. There's so many people chasing this one collective goal, but in different parts of the world, like it's not like they're all having to come travel to this one single location hope for good weather to get to try it together like they're all doing it separately but many of them are documenting it as they go along so we get to like watch this separate chase around the world Mm -hmm. for this one common goal i think that's really rad yeah and there's like that sort of brings up one of the things i think is really interesting about this um we think that it maybe speeds up the process. Like that's sort of how it feels, but I'm not sure that it really does. Um, We just haven't gotten to see the process much on the world's hardest boulders. Like you would just read in the magazine that Fred Nicole did another really stupid hard thing and you have no idea how many times he tried it or how many times he went there or whether he was doing similar things at home to prepare. We have no idea really what the preparation looked like in the past versus this like highly documented, we get to see all of the steps in the process, which I really like. 
mm-hmm. but I, I have a hard time like comparing them one to one because we didn't see the whole process before and we don't know how long it took. Yeah, I, I do think that's fair. And I think, I think one of the biggest things about this that I really appreciate is the fact that it just makes putting in that time more accessible. Yeah. Um, like I think it was the episode Will Bosey and Stefano were climbing on the trainer together at Lattice's headquarters. And Will was like, oh, this is my ninth session on this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still haven't even done two of the moves yet. And like, so if we say, okay, had he been, would that be any faster than if he was actually in Norway trying it? Um, who knows? But it allows him to be at home, you know, see family, uh, do normal things. Like, right? I don't know. I, I saw this uh, kind of funny comment the other day that uh, I had to read like multiple times and read the other comments this person left to make sure this wasn't satire. Um, but this person <laughs> was like, like the internet. Yes. This person was like, you know, this is really just killing the spirit of rock climbing. You know, mm, hard projecting yeah. is supposed to be about flying across the world, leaving your family, having to deal with that stress, taking time <laughs> off of work, you know, having to battle weather, battle skin all in this moment to try and get things done in a really tight window. You know, and I, I was like, you might as well say, and you, you should be contributing a heavy carbon footprint while you're at it. You know, this <laughs> exactly. is the spirit of rock climbing. It's like, well, you know, you're, you just listed a ton of negatives. Oh, also there was like the cost, you know, all these things. Right. I was like, you're, you're really selling this for me. And I had to go down and be like, wait, is he, is this satire and just really well written? It's like, no, he actually, <laughs> this person really felt this way. Yeah. I've actually seen comments like that quite a bit. Um, and I, I, I do appreciate the, the lower impact that this sort of um, concept has where you can train for it at home. You don't have to be under the boulder every day, lugging pads back and forth, flying across the world to try the thing, Um, whatever it is. It's way lower impact than the other method. And, but I've seen this like experiential debate several times like this ruins the experience of trying a rock climb Hmm. and maybe what's being missed here is like aiden roberts and will bosey are not not rock climbing because of this (laughs) you know in between their posts of them trying the replica they have they're also going and doing other boulders and other sport climbs and climbing loads of things and not every experience needs to be the same. Yeah. You know? And not every person's experience needs to be the same. Yeah. People romanticize this whole, like, I walked up and I found this boulder in the woods. No one had ever touched this boulder. <laughs> you know, they, they romanticize this shit. And maybe that's not the experience everyone's looking for. So trying to push your experience that this is how rock climbing is supposed to be just doesn't work for me at all yeah it's not a valid argument i think that's one of the great things about climbing is you get to like you get to climb as you are and you get to enjoy it in the way that you enjoy things most like if we were just talking about this before hopping on the call like there are times where it is nice to just go out and have your own solo session and just be like oh this will be my own thing my own connection 
with a climb or it'll be like, oh, this is, I want to go have this experience with other people. Um, you know, sometimes I just want to go out and do a rock climb to check that box. Like totally, there is no mysticism about it. Um, I'm here to send the thing and go back home. Yeah. Um, and then there are times where it's like, you know, you do a climb and you're almost devastated because the whole experience was great from start to finish. And you're like, man, that was like six well-spent days. I enjoyed every moment of that. I wish I could have more. And those are so rare and amazing, but you're not going to get those all the time. You know, it's cool when they happen, but you can't force it and can't expect it. Yeah. And, and let's be real here. Um, no one's ever going to have the experience Nale had where it looks like he was in a forest trying this boulder <laughs> by himself because oh. now the area is clear cut and it's like 30 yards from a road and it's not a pretty place to be anymore. It's just a boulder in the middle of a clear cut meadow now. You, you know, know, I hear that was actually uh, Will Bosey went and clear cut it to make his simulator more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> to make the actual boulder more like a climbing gym, just clear cut the entire forest. You heard it here for, first. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. But, but yeah, I agree. It's it's very sad to see how it is now. You're like, oh, this is just this is just a boulder in a real ugly field right off the road. <laughs> yeah. So why not turn it into a gym climb? You know. Yeah. And yeah. I also sort of feel like you know maybe you're. Maybe for you, your experience of the thing has real depth um, and you that's what you want out of climbing. But I feel like personally, if that's the only way you approach this thing you say you love, then you're living a really fucking shallow life <laughs> that maybe you need to expand to other experiences. So you know, that's my opinion that whoever this commenter is, is allowed to have their opinion too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 3d printed simulators, what are your, like now that they are like fully a thing, it seems like, I mean, fully a thing. There's a handful of people in the world who have them. It's not like everyone's going out and buying 3d printers, but what I honestly suspect it's only a matter of time before, some company and, you know, if no one's thinking about this, they certainly should be, should be printing classic climbs, sending an instruction booklet around that shows the layout of the holds and the angle it should be at and let gyms with, with, uh, you know, walls that can be adjusted for angle put up. Like the, every gym should just have a wall that's like classic climb of the month, you know? Yeah. Karma now lives in our gym, <laughs> you know? Uh, Burden of Dreams now lives in our gym. Or uh, how amazing would it be to have some classic V5 from across the world in your gym for everybody to try? I think it's only a matter of time before that happens. And frankly, I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, there's a company called Mimic Holds. I think yeah. they're maybe out of the Southeast that they do print a lot of different boulders. I don't know if it fully comes. I'm sure it comes with instructions on how to do it, um, how to mount it. Um, yeah. There's quite a few companies now that are printing them. I haven't seen anybody or gyms yet embracing the like, yeah, let's put up the classic climb. Yeah. I've not seen it like fully embraced by gyms yet. Um, 
it is. I mean, that does bring up kind of a, an interesting point on this is boulders aren't sheer 40 degree faces with no kickboard. Like, right. Um, everything has weird angles. I remember, I think Aiden went out to the boulder and he was like, Oh, he's like this boulder, even though it looks straight, actually has a bit of a wave to it. It changes angles. Um, Mm -hmm. will Bozy's ang his simulator is actually not as steep as the real one. Five degrees different. Yeah. Um, you know, there are also, I found it really interesting when he went out and tried the boulder, he was just, he sat down underneath it in the very set. The second he sat down, he was like, Oh no, my start foot was in the wrong place. Hmm. Like his simulator. I can't remember if he put it too far or if it was further out in the real world, but Hmm. I didn't realize that. I thought that was super fascinating to have something that's 3d printed and like, that we can still have error with mounting holds and like taking measurements and then putting it down. But this is a boulder that's, I mean, if you want to try and replicate a boulder in the gym, that's as close as you're going to be able to get. It's almost a perfect 45. Um, but a lot of problems, like they're weird. You know, you said it'd be cool to have like a karma simulator in a gym. Like one of the hardest things about that boulder is it's just a giant bulge. Like, right. It's just super strange. And so many boulders are the second you start trying to simulate boulders and set your own replicas, you immediately realize how um, non-uniform boulders are out in the wild. Yeah. And I I like that idea because that's also going to punch the people in the face who are like, we don't need these big macro holds. These are stupid. Um, Because to make something like karma um even to make something like burden of dreams exactly replicated you're going to have to have these big sections that are like um wider at this spot thinner at this spot um so that they sit off from the wall in exactly the right way um it's not going to be these tiny little holds it's not like you're just replicating the crimp you're also going to have to replicate a big portion of the wall so that it achieves the same angle in relation to the wall um that you're sending it to if you're sending it to a gym with a adjustable flat plane you need to make it so it sits off the wall a little bit in the right way so you're going to end up with these big macro sections of wall um which i think is very cool and changes the way we interact with it and probably simulates outdoor climbing far more than just a tiny little crimp on a wall. Totally. Like, I think we're going to end up maybe not immediately. I think we're going to start to see more three dimensionality in spray walls in like boards, things like that. Like, I think that's going to be, it's going to start to be adopted. I think it's not quite there yet. If you look at like Daikoyamada's uh, gym, the wall he trains on, it's a giant spray wall. Those holds are enormous. Like yep. there's a lot of three dimensionality to that entire wall. And he's pretty good at rock climbing, I guess. Like it seems to work out well for him, you know, and he does have, I think like a 20 degree wall. That's just small murder crimps covering it. Right. But sure. his big steep walls are very unique in their shapes. Um, Interestingly, while we're on the topic of, uh, I mean, we're going to be on the topic of trainers this entire time, but with angle changes, 
I don't know if you saw this, but Yves Gravel is currently rebuilding his home wall. Um, he's got like a tiny little wall. I think it was a 45. Yeah, he's got a miniature little wall. Yeah, he recently just changed the angles to now it's like a 50 to a 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone following at home might know that Eves has been projecting Terramare, and he's had some Terramare trainers. Now, he didn't come out and say it on his story in this, but that, having seen the boulder in real life, that is the angle change that the crux happens at. It changes yeah. from like a 50 to a 30, and that is the entire bulk of the boulder. So mm-hmm. I wonder, and Eves, if you're listening, I don't know, you know, you're probably picking up something really heavy as you are. Um, if you could reach out and tell us, <laughs> is this a Terramare trainer? Are you, are you really like rebuilding your whole wall for one boulder? If so, that's amazing. And if that's the case, I would also be curious to know, are you going to make the holds as heinous where you're risking ripping the pads off of your fingers every time you try the replica? Yeah. It's, I would also love to know that. That, um, man, it was kind of funny. Then this, this definitely is something that uh, I think we got to talk with about the risks of um, using these 3D replicas. Because I think there are quite a few downsides. Um, but one, okay. one absolutely is direct skin damage. Like you are, mm-hmm. especially if you're using it leading up into a trip, um, you're putting holes exactly where that same exact climb is going to do that. Um, in the video of Aiden and Will, Will was just like, man, it's like, this thing's kind of sharp. And Aiden was just like, oh, what was that? I wrote this down. He's like, yeah, the novelty ro- uh, wore off really quickly for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it makes sense. And I mean, I think Aiden pulled on twice on that, uh, that day on the replica. And he was like, well, I just split my pinky. That might be the session for me. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a real thing. And, and it's also worth saying here, like, just because you're training on a replica of the hold doesn't mean you're also building the skin for that hold because it's not going to be the exact same texture. It's not going to be granite like the granite boulder is or sandstone like the sandstone boulder is. It's going to be much harder to get that exact texture. So the the skin that you're building up, if you are building skin instead of just removing it, it may not be the skin you want anyway. It's going to be plastic skin, which is anyone who's spent a lot of time going from the gym to outdoors knows there's a big difference. This is such a nerdy thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, I mean, it's a nerdy thing, yeah. you know? No, it, it totally is. It's just hilarious thinking about it. Like, but yeah, no, I completely agree. And now I'm wondering, I'm like, what is it about it? I mean, cause it's definitely not the shapes like, but you know, I just went to font and like, I had been climbing a lot inside cause it's been snowing and I'm like, what, what is the difference? Cause it's, it's not like gym slopers would have prepared me, my skin for that. Like, I don't know. Right. It's still, it is interesting, but, but I think that is one down, one obvious downside is that, um, skin maintenance like yeah. with rep with perfect replicas. Totally. Um, one of the things I like about the idea of having the replica, especially as the like footprint gets bigger and bigger, and this is a con against the way we're doing it now where it's a pretty small footprint, um, is that it's tougher to find 
alternative beta and alternative sequences, you know? Just because Burden of Dreams was done one way doesn't mean it should be done that way. And in fact, I think in Will's video, he finds different beta using a heel hook that he's like, oh shit, this might work. Yeah. Um, so you're, you don't get to explore those things the way that you do uh, on the real rock. Maybe once we have a huge footprint of these things, that will happen. But at least currently with the small footprint holds, um, relatively small footprint holds, you don't really get that opportunity. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely more than there was. I will say one thing that really impressed me is that they were able to really play with the micro beta of how they're gripping the start hold, Yeah, which I thought was super cool. Um, and the footprints are large by hold stand, you know, handhold gym hold standards. But mm-hmm. I agree. Like there's, um, you know, another good example of this is not how Nolly's initial beta got broken by Jimmy Webb. Um, yep. Like Nolly had been trying the boulder, I think already for a few seasons at that point, and was just like, oh, this is impossibly hard, but I'm super stoked on it. And then I believe Daniel Woods and Jimmy maybe Dave Graham were all out there for the Sisu masters, a big comp. And now I was like, Oh, y'all got to come out here. And I think Daniel climbed on it, but I don't believe Jimmy actually did. But Jimmy was like, Oh, why don't you use this foot sequence? Like just do this, like this, you know, high foot match, bring the low foot down and kick a foot at way out. Right. And immediately Nolly was like, Oh no. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's like that just shaved like a whole grade off of this boulder. And I think this was like in the blog era. Um, Because I remember reading, he was even like a little disappointed in the time because to him, it was like, oh, there was this ultimate like life level, really hard challenge that he wasn't sure if he'd ever be able to do even. And then when Jimmy found this foot sequence, the fact that it brought it down a notch, he was like a little disappointed that it existed. Yep. But yeah, we we love, we love to romanticize the idea of these boulders that have just enough holds. And if they had any fewer holds they wouldn't even be possible and any more holds and they'd be easier and then someone else comes up and finds different beta using a different foothold or even a different handhold sometimes you know or finding an intermediate things like that they exist on almost everything yeah yeah absolutely and it i mean this is a good example of had you had a trainer only for nolly's original beta you never would have seen the other way um yeah. And I mean, watching Will now climb on the actual boulder, he's doing a lot of unique creative things now that he's actually there. Um, Not to say that using the simulator was not useful. I think it was, I mean, clearly very useful. Totally. Um, But I do agree. Like you can, there are so many holds you just won't see if you don't have them in front of you. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you just mentioned about Will having trained on this replica, but then going and still doing creative things. I think that sort of says everything um, about who should be using replicas to this degree. Um, You know, at this high level replica is very good for the climber who's already adaptable, who already knows how to look for creative solutions and fit things to themselves. Whereas maybe it's not as valuable a tool for someone who's still 
progressing through the like intermediate levels of climbing. Yeah. What would At you... least training for a specific project. It could, it could still be just as valuable if your gym puts it in there for a while and you get to climb on this thing for a month and then a month later, there's another thing. But if like your whole focus becomes that one thing, maybe it's not as valuable for your progression. Yeah. What do you think would be more valuable? I personally think the let's try and set replicas that um, and and let me just clarify here. This is for the like beginner or intermediate climber. Maybe you have a project outside that you want to climb. Um, even if it's on a trip somewhere, I'm going to go more toward the bigger, more global ideas of like general style, general hold type. Um, general anxiety levels, you know, if it's slippery, find polished holds to use. If it's, if it's a busy boulder, do it when your gym is busy, you know, don't, don't try to do it solo in your garage and then go there and get anxiety from a crowd being around. Yeah. I like those bigger, more global principles as like low level replicas for the beginner intermediate climber simply because they offer more opportunity for being adaptable to different situations. And that doesn't say have one replica. Maybe you have five that are just a style replica, grip replica, you know, different things that are similar, um, but not exact. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, generally speaking, um, and I really like the point of having multiple replicas. Um, so I, I use replicas all the time, um, especially for specific projects or if I want to go somewhere to try something. Now, if I've tried a boulder already, I use a method. And it was kind of fun hearing, listen to an interview with Aiden Roberts, and he uses an almost identical method. Whenever he'll try something, I think he refers to it as like bullet points. So he'll make these bullet points of, why is this hard? What is challenging about this? Rather than mm -hmm. trying to like perfectly memorize every little detail. And then when he goes to his training, he wants to address those bullet points. And when I've tried a boulder and I set a, a uh, replica, I want to cover my bullet points. Like, oh, this move is hard because it's hard to control a barn door and my, my foot has to be at this exact angle be, um, you know, because of the shape of the hold. That's it. Like, I don't need to worry exactly what the holds are, how big the moves are. If I can replicate that same barn door feeling, maybe just with my foot pointing the right way, that's it. Like, that's all I need. Yep. Um, now, if I'm going to a boulder that I've never tried before, like a good example of this was a couple of years ago, I wanted to try and flash Finger Hut in Joe's Valley. I'd never seen it before. And I pulled up videos and to me, I was like, okay, if I can do the opening move, I think I can just do it. If I can do the first two moves, I'm like 90% certain I can do it. So I just made up a bunch of different variations. Like the first moves, this weird, like off balance pop. And so I would try it with holds that were too far apart, holds that were much closer, holds that were worse, <clears throat> some that were like turned a little strange. And then the next move was a cross where both feet were touching and you like double drop knee. I had never seen that move done before but there were like 10 videos of people doing it. So I, same thing. I did a bunch of variations of this same thing. And I would just make these up on like the commercial sets. Like I would just link together, you know, rainbow holds. 
And my main idea behind that was when I went there, I didn't want anything to really surprise me. Like I didn't want a move to seem too big, a foot to seem too low, a hold to seem too small. I wanted to have covered so many variants of this that I could kind of calibrate in. Um, now, yep. funny enough, it was way steeper in person. <laughs> I was like kind of shocked the first day I got there. I was like, oh no, I was practicing this on a 45 the entire time. And it's like, mm. maybe it is 45, but it feels way steeper. Yeah. Um, but and it ended up working. Like when I did it, none of, even though the moves were unique and that I had never done them before, like, or I'd never done those identical moves before, I was able to do it first try because I had tried enough variations that my body knew how to calibrate. Totally. I think that's, you know, your training for adaptability in a set of parameters. Yes. You know, and, and I think that's the way to go for the vast majority of climbers. You know, the, the Will Bosey and Aiden Roberts caliber climber goes to a boulder field and can climb everything in a handful of days. Yeah. And then they have one boulder left, you know? <laughs> so maybe it's not worth it to them to spend all of their days in this one boulder field on that one boulder when they do have the option of, let's build a replica. I can do it in my regular gym sessions in between climbing outside near my house. And then I can go back and probably make quicker work of it um, rather than spending all my time in this place. But in in most climbers' cases, they don't have the option of climbing out the boulder field in a couple of days. There are lots of projects, even projects way below their top level that are going to stymie them. You know, if you're a if you're flashing finger hut, there's probably a V7 somewhere in the same boulder field that's going to take you longer. Absolutely. You know, so why not build up your adaptability instead of your, you know, the really specific things you need for this one sequence? Yeah. And I'm going to stop us here. We've got a lot more to talk about. So if you're a patron, um, stay on. If you're listening to this on the Patreon podcast, if you want to become a patron and get the rest of this conversation where we're going to talk uh, more about how to make a valuable replica or simulator, um, when to use it. And I want to know Nate's opinion on whether it's a flash or not, if you have used a simulator like Aiden and <laughs> Will are using, because I know that's a hot button topic. Um, and I think it's a fun one to discuss talking about those things. If you want to become a patron, you can do that either right there in your Apple podcast app or at patreon.com slash power company podcast.